you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. And it's Wednesday, January 25th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He is a 12-year veteran of the NFL. He was an O-lineman, a so-called big ugly. But let's be clear, the man I'm looking at, while enormous (laughs) in stature, is boyishly handsome. He boasts a pinky finger that juts out at a 90-degree angle from all the other fingers on his right hand. That's a story I should probably get him to tell. He's a man who I am supremely confident in saying knows more about NFL football, about what is actually happening on the field for all 32 teams than anyone else on planet Earth. There, I said it. He's the titan of tape, the film room phenom. <laughs> He's Brian Baldinger. Welcome back to the pod, Baldinger. Well, thanks, Drew. I mean, those are some... What, what are those? Those are called what? Uh, those uh, are called descriptions, accurate descriptions yeah, but of the a, man there's you there's a literary are. term for that. Alliteration? Alliteration, I think. Okay, yeah. we said that at the same time. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, we will pick this man's enormous brain for a viewer's guide to Championship Sunday. We will ask him how Brock Purdy can keep his playoff success going. Baldy will tell us how Joe Burrow can stretch his winning streak over the Chiefs to four games. And he'll tell us why Burrow may be the favorite to win the MVP, whether he deserves it or not. Plus, why a pair of rookie corners in KC may be in for the longest days of their young careers. And why the trick to surviving Patrick Mahomes' ankle issue is to invite the rush? That's not a misprint. Baldy says the key to victory huh. is bring the rush in. We'll find out why. But first, James Palmer is in Kansas City with the latest on the health of number 15. JP, take the mic from Mike Yam. James, I know <laughs> that you're not surprised if I start this conversation with you about Patrick Mahomes. 
<laughs> no, not surprised at all, Mike. Let me run you guys kind of how things went throughout this day here in Kansas City. Talked to a couple of sources in the morning. They said Patrick's going to practice probably on a limited basis. Then they had the walkthrough in the morning, and that was the first chance for all of these eyeballs in the organization to really see Patrick Mahomes on a football field. Granted, it was a walkthrough, and that gave Andy Reid the confidence to really believe he could almost do everything in this practice to the point where there was going to be no splitting reps with Chad Henney. Henney was just going to come in maybe for a rep here or there if Mahomes felt like he needed a break on that hot right high ankle sprain or needed a breather in some capacity and ends up being a full participant. That's why we heard Mahomes say he was so excited to practice in this practice this afternoon because the round-the-clock treatment that started, remember, Saturday night, not Sunday, on rehab and treatment and testing and all of this stuff on the ankle to put him in a very good spot to where, Mike, they believe the rest of the week Andy Reid thinks they may have to hold him back a little bit in terms of how much he wants to be on the practice field pushing this ankle. He's going to keep testing it, and he's going to keep pushing it. They're almost holding him back a little bit. It's not going to be a week where there's a lot of mental reps like we were thinking could be in play with this right high ankle sprain. Why don't we hear it directly from Mahomes, who was on the mic? It's doing good. You know, I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out and uh, see where I'm at, but uh, it's feeling good so far. I think we'll see throughout the week. Uh, I haven't got, got to go out and practice yet and put myself in those positions. Uh, I've done limited stuff, kind of in a a small, uh, small kind of box of what I can do, but uh, I'll push it a little bit today, and then and the next day, and then the next day again, and see what I can do. That not reaggravate the injury, obviously, but uh, to push it to see what, I, what I'll be able to do on Sunday. No injuries to report. <laughs> First question to you: How will Mahomes' injury? change the game plan that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are putting together right now. Well, you know, Andy Reid from his, you know, first year in Philadelphia, Drew, has always been a guy that, you know, had this, the first 15 plays scripted that you would walk through on Saturday, the day before a game, and that kind of like set the tone. I mean, it was formations and motions and all the things that Andy loves to implement in a game plan, and then from that you'd kind of see what the defense was up to, how they were playing certain looks, and they would gleam a lot of information from those first, first 15. Regardless of how successful you were, they were gleaming information to how you were going to line up. So I believe that this game plan is going to be very fluid. I, I believe it's going to be based on the health of Patrick Mahomes and how that health either increases, stays the same, gets worse. Like, I don't think they know Patrick doesn't know this is these ankles can be tricky like all injuries. But I, I believe that they're going to, for example, like, you know, they, they like to, play action bootleg as much as anybody else. Like, is that play in today on Wednesday, or is that going to be a Saturday wait and see? You know, they know the play. They know the movement, the play action, all that. Like, you know, sprint right option down the goal line. Like, is that play in today, or are they going to wait till Saturday to see if he's good enough to, like, roll out, plant the foot, and throw? So I feel like this game plan is going to be very fluid like that. And, I mean, I'm just putting myself in Andy, Eric Bieniemy's spot, Matt Nagy, like, and, and Patrick Mahomes. Like, I've seen Mahomes play hobbled at TCU against TCU or Texas Tech. We've seen him in the league do certain things with a bad toe. So, with bad the knee, knee. The dislocation of the knee. All and that. he came back yep. a week later. Yep. So, I, I, I feel like we know he's going to play. It's just to what degree. And I, I think the game plan is going to depend on his 
uh, improvement. Okay, so if I'm just a layperson, and clearly Andy Reid, uh, nor uh, Eric Bieniemy, nor yourself for that matter, are, but the layperson is going to think, okay, don't be afraid to max protect. And I'm sort of saying that tongue-in-cheek because I'm quoting you directly from something you said, making it seem like it's my own idea. It's not. Baldy, you said that earlier today. Don't be afraid to max protect. They have the guys to do it. And you name-checked McKinnon, Pacheco, and Kelsey specifically. Tell me, give me a viewer's guide. What am I looking for from those three guys in this max protect world? Well, I mean, Jet McKinnon is the personal protector. He played 26 snaps in the passing game last week in their victory, you know, and against Jacksonville. And, you know, basically he starts off either to the right or to the left of Mahomes when he's in shotgun. And his job is to scan. Anybody comes, we all show this one play. Last week, Foyer Oluokwan came on a blitz, and Jeff McKinnon like hit him like he was... Yeah, crossed like, in front of Mahomes and just laid him out. Well, I mean, it looked like a standing eight count. That's right. Know? That's what you call it, standing eight count. Stand, that was standing a eight count from you know, Mike Tyson you know, back in the day. And that's what it looked like. I mean, he just stunned him. But he's really good at it. Now, I've heard... Mahomes describe him as a straight dog. You know, I mean, he's so like that's McKinnon. Now he also can run it. He catches very, uh, you know, he was uh, an option quarterback at you know in college. So he's got all these different skills. Look, his name is Jarek McKinnon. We call him Jet McKinnon for a reason. The guy has a skill set yeah. that is dynamic. He can take the cover off of a defense. Yeah, and you know, and like Isaac Pacheco won the the starting running back job as the season went along. Last weekend, Jacksonville had 95 yards, had the biggest run of his career, 39 yards, set up a, a score for the Chiefs. Like, Pacheco is a really good player. I think. And so, off- hold on. So, you're protecting Mahomes, certainly with McKinnon's ability to put a body on a rusher, but also by just the use, the volume of carries that you will give to a guy yes. like Pacheco. Like, Pacheco, you know, is a guy that, you know, I, I believe he can... He could carry it 20 times or more, depending how the running game is going. I mean, that, that would make sense. Take a little load off uh, Mahomes' right ankle and put it on the running game. Uh, I believe that when you look at Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney and, and especially Zeus, I believe their strength is actually run blocking. And I've always said that they've, if they wanted to be a power running team, um, that they could be. Now, Andy Reid hasn't really had to do that much, especially in Kansas City, because he's got the golden arm of Patrick Mahomes. So... Like, and he always have liked to throw the ball, but maybe that changed a little bit. Maybe a guy like Cardarius Tony, you know, gets more carries, you know, because we've seen just how dynamic he can be on the edge. What are we looking at? Jet sweeps? Jet, but jet sweeps. It could be pitch options. It could be screens. I mean, just get the ball in his okay, hands. Okay, you said the magic word screen, and screen gets me to my next question, the one that I teased in the open. You said without a hint of irony in your eye or your mouth, that inviting the rush is the key to success. You've got a hobbled guy who's worth half a billion dollars to this franchise, a former MVP, a Super Bowl winner, a former Super Bowl MVP, and he's on a hobbled ankle, and you're saying, bring it. Yeah, well, bring the rush and, like, invite it. You know, it's the old sucker punch play. Invite the rush and then, you know, throw the screen uh, right behind it, you know. And I've known Andy Reid since the day he came in this league. I don't think anybody has more screens, more different kind of screens than Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy draw up. And so maybe some we've often seen plays that we haven't seen before, formations, you know, the ring around Rosie. I mean, all the stuff that they can come up with, they're very creative. And maybe this is a time this week where they create some new looks and maybe different types of players, you know, execute the screens. We know Kelsey runs a tight end screen, delayed screen. All the backs can run screens. Like spot screens, middle screens, uh, you know, bubble screens. I mean, they have a package of plays where all Mahomes has to do is just turn and just flick the ball and invite the rush, just let them come after him and then just hit him behind it. Like, I, I feel like those plays, 
you know, are up. I'm sure Luan Arumo is thinking about the same thing. So how do you stop that yet still get after Mahomes? Lou Anarumo, of course, is the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, and we will talk about him very specifically in a moment. But let's just put this side of the ball yeah. to bed, Baldy, because I think it's worth restating. So in your estimation, these plays that we are used to seeing from this Kansas City offense led by Patrick Mahomes, these bootlegs left, these sprint rights, these are plays that they would like to be able to run, but as we stand here today on Wednesday... They're probably not in the game plan, but in your estimation, this game plan will be an evolving thing based on the health of that ankle, and we'll really find out Saturday. We'll really find out Sunday at kickoff what the game plan is. There's no, there's nothing in stone right now. No, no, and I, I believe this is a, a really, not tricky, but this is a different week of game planning than they've had in a long, long time. Now, obviously, it's a championship game. You don't want to make any mistakes. You don't want anything to slip through the cracks, you know, because this is the chance to get to the dance. So, and that's what it's all about for all, all of Kansas City. That's what it's about, getting back to the third Super Bowl now with Mahomes. And, you know, when you put this thing together, and Andy is a late-night guy, you know, give him, you know, some haagen and, a, you know, burning the midnight oil. Like, he, he'll come up with some plays. But I, I believe it's all going to be based on what Andy is looking at and watching uh, in practice. As Andy looks at and watches the game, the first 15 plays, uh, the first quarter, the first half, he will be keeping a very close eye on the health of Patrick Mahomes, as will everybody mm -hmm. else watching the game. Millions and millions of people around the world will have the same, the same POV. I asked David Carr, or I tried to ask David Carr this question yesterday, but we ran out of time. I asked David, what will it take for Andy Reid to keep Mahomes out or to pull Mahomes out? Listener, I promised you an answer from David Carr. David texted me after yesterday's podcast and he said, Andrew, it is not a matter of the score, certainly not with Patrick Mahomes. If you're behind, that's not a problem. It's not even a matter of the time, third quarter, early fourth quarter, that's not the issue. The issue is simply this that if Patrick Mahomes can no longer protect himself due to mobility restrictions, that is the time that Andy Reid would consider pulling him. Do you agree with that assessment? I do, and I think that's what happened last Sunday. I think, you know, Mahomes played immediately right after the injury ankle for a little while. And then he decided, like, let's, we, we got to get this thing checked. Let's get an x-ray. Let's make sure there's no damage. You know, we saw the, we saw the little fight on the sideline. Mahomes slammed his helmet down. Like, he was defiant. But Andy Reid won the argument. Like you're going into the, you're going to the X-ray room. You're going to get your X-rays, um, you know, and everything else they had to do to see if he could come out to start the third quarter. Uh, and, and obviously he did, and he played. So I think David's spot on. I think it's if he can't protect himself, where more damage could be done, then I do think that that's when you'd see Chad Henne. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and with me today, Brian Baldinger, who spends more time in the film room than anyone else on the planet. Consequently, he knows more about this game than anyone else on the planet. (laughs) We're so lucky to have him here. Baldy, let's turn to the other side of the ball. Let's turn to the other side of this matchup, and that, of course, is the Cincinnati Bengals. What is the key to Joe Burrow stretching his win streak over the Chiefs to four? He's currently 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes, three straight wins against this Kansas City Chiefs team. No one else can claim that. How does he get it to four? Well, I think, you know, the offensive line played very well against Buffalo. But Buffalo doesn't have a front like Kansas City. They don't have Chris Jones on their defense in Buffalo. They don't have a guy like Frank Clark on their defensive end position. Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa, they're not Frank Clark. And I'm just mentioning, too, I mean, Mike Dana is a really good player and uh, Carl Loftus is a good player. And they, and, and they have a defensive coordinator in Steve Spagnolo, who's a lot more aggressive I think, than Leslie Frazier is in Buffalo. Buffalo's his own team. They're very good at running their zones and keeping things in front of them. And, but this is a different. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo's not afraid to play zero coverage, send the house. Like he, and he likes to do it with speed. He likes to do it with his fast guys to get to the quarterback quicker. So it's, it's, it's really different this week for Jackson Pollock. Mac, who has played left tackle for his first time ever in the NFL. Jackson. Jackson Carmen. Sorry, Jackson Carmen. I'm, I'm thinking about. Oh, listen, you're, th- you're thinking about fine art. You're yes, thinking about the uh, splatter technique. I was, uh, that's, yes. how, that's how rangy you are yeah. a man. Please yeah. carry on. So I'm getting back to Jackson Carmen, their second year player to Clemson. But Mac Sharping at right guard and Hakeem Adeniji at right tackle. Like these guys, they played very well. Uh, they ran the ball well. They protected Joe very well. They were really in sync, and it was impressive. But that, this is a different. This is a different group. They're, they've got better talent, bigger talent, talent that expects to get to a Super Bowl, and they've got a two-time winning Super Bowl defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, uh, know, let's th- not forget uh, Spags. Steve Spagnolo yes. uh, really made his name with the New York Giants, and you know he came after quarterbacks, specifically Tom Brady, who probably still wakes up in a cold yes, sweat yes. thinking about what Spags' defense. But did Spags knows that affecting the quarterback early affects the quarterback later. And so you I won't you know, if if Chris Jones and Frank Clark, some of these guys aren't getting to Joe Burrow quickly because he's throwing the ball, you know, very fast and on time and all that, which he certainly is better at than anybody in this whole industry. You know, then I could see some things from Spags going, okay, we're not going to let this guy get Okay, so if we go back to the question, and how does Joe Burrow stretch this win streak to four based on the challenge that you have just articulated that he will face? Is it simply hope my O-line holds up in the face of that pressure, in the face of that aggressive Spags-led defense? I think that's the, the, the key. 
right there. I mean, I think you know Joe Burrow could get sacked five times in this game and still win the game. Yeah, because he can we, overcome. Look, we saw that last year, didn't we? We saw it against Tennessee. We were sacked nine times, hit thirteen times, still won the game. It was a low-scoring game, though. You know, the defense, you know, really kept Tennessee down, so they was able to still you know, kick field goals and win the game at the end. That's Any not, concerns about Joe Burrow being able to handle the atmosphere at Arrowhead? None. No, no, he's, you know, this is, he's, he's just wired like this. You know, the key really to Joe and handling the atmosphere is to make sure everybody else is doing the same thing. Like his young left tackle is hearing the signals or the audibles or the checks. Like that's Sean Joe, you know, uh, to, you know, because the noise meter is going to be going at Arrowhead and, and all that kind of stuff, which is, which is fine. It's not going to bother Joe, but he's just going to make sure it doesn't bother anybody else. Like you missed an assignment, okay, because you didn't hear or you didn't see it, or whatever might have happened, or whatever you just drew up on the sidelines, and you don't have a good recall from the sidelines. Like, and one guy breaks down an offense, you know, Joe gets hit. You conjured up the name Larry Bird, of all things, this morning with regards to Joe Burrow. Tell our listeners the line that you reminded us of today and why it is applicable to Joe Burrow on Sunday. Well, ironically, the line came from Andy Reid. He told me this one day wow. about his quarterback, Donovan McNabb. And I was questioning Donovan in a big game. And Andy Reid said, you know, you ever watch Larry Bird, Baldy? I go, of course. Everybody watched Larry Bird. He goes, you know what Larry used to say? I shoot to get hot and I shoot to stay hot. And that's what Joe Burrow is very capable of doing. I mean, you just let him keep firing. Because, like, his receiving core is arguably, especially on the outside with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, like, they're arguably the best tandem. They might not have put up the best yards. But they might be the best tandem of outside receivers in this business. I mean, you could throw contested jump balls against almost any corner, and these guys more than likely are going to come down with the ball. Okay, all eyes are going to be on a matchup after you explain it to us. Your matchup to watch in this game is a route runner versus a rookie, Jamar Chase versus Jalen Watson. You think this is a mismatch? Well, I do. You know, I, the, the, I believe that the Chiefs' best corner is Legereus Sneed. I mean, he's a young player still out of uh, Louisiana Tech, but he can really run. And he's played a lot of big-time receivers in this league, but they're playing him inside in the slot, which means he'll probably be on Tyler Boyd a lot of the times. Now, they, they move Jabbar around a lot, but they're not a big pre-snap motion team. They're not a big motion team. Yeah, Bengals are not. They just they, set up they and line they play. Up. And so, you know, if Jamar's out there at the right wide receiver, the X out there, and he's going to go up against Jalen Watson, who's a seventh-round pick at a Washington State. God bless him. He's a starting corner in this league um, for being a seventh round So pick. he's earned his spot in this league, but if Joe Burrow looks over to the right, sees his guy Jamar Chase on the X, and sees that he's lined up against Jalen Watson, he's going there every time? It might be the first play of the game. Like, to, you know, I mean, maybe the safety's cheating over to, you know, make sure, but even if the safety's cheating, like, he, he trusts Jamar. Like, he's been doing this now since he got to LSU. Like, this is his guy, and they're obviously in cahoots uh, all the time, always talking, friends. I mean, all the stuff that you got to be. Like, they're really connected. And Jamar just knows somewhere. Where, like, you've heard the sound bites of Jamar going, man, Joe, you're you're on today. And Joe will, like, deflect it, you know, because it's, a, you know, like, he doesn't want to, he doesn't need to hear that during the game. They might do smoke cigars. Pitchers do that. don't need to hear about their perfect game yeah, in the fourth inning. <laughs> that's a good call. That's a good analogy. <laughs> but, like, I, I just feel like Joe goes, I, I know where to put the ball right. for Jamar to go win. And if, if he does that, say, five times. Like, I'd be surprised if Jamar doesn't come down with four of them. Okay, so you really draw our eye. You, you steer our eye, I should say, to matchups better than anybody. So I'm going to be looking for Sneed, who you say is the Chiefs' best corner, lined up against Tyler Boyd in the slot. Now, that leaves two rookies, McDuffie mm -hmm. on Higgins. Trent McDuffie. 
and Watson on Chase. And you think both of those, not just Watson on Chase, but also McDuffie, who again, like, like Watson, rookie, earned his spot. Well played, sir. Mm -hmm. You're in the final four of the best tournament in the world, but you've got a tough assignment going up against T. Higgins. Well, I mean, look, Trent McDuffie was a first round pick and, and worthy of it out of, out of University of Washington. And, you know, last year at this time, he was getting ready for the combine. You know, and now he's going up against T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Now, you know, the regular season is the regular season. And they have seen Joe Burrow before uh, this year. So they know what they're up against. But, you know, this is, this is sudden death now. This isn't week 13. You, go, you win or lose. You go to week 14. You know, you try to get the number one seed. You know, like you can make mistakes. You can't make mistakes in this game. And so does Trent McDuffie, does Jalen Watts, do they hold up? And, or do, does Kansas City say, you know what? We need Legarius outside. Like, do they change because of what they're up against? I mean, if I'm, you know, play one in this game when Cincinnati takes the field, that's what I'm looking at. Who's lining up on the outside against these guys? Very interesting. Okay, let's quickly, before we turn to the other game, the NFC game, let's turn to the other side of the ball for the Bengals. And let's talk a little bit more at length about Lou Anarumo. Now, this man is a little bit like Belichick in the way he approaches. He identifies your strength, he identifies your biggest threat, and he goes into threat reduction mode and tries to take that threat away. So Lou Anarumo has to do this week what every other defensive coordinator has to do every week when they face the Chiefs and try to figure out a way to stop, contain, shut down Travis Kelsey. Typically, that's not possible, but that is the job how do you do that, Baldy? Well, you have to uh, give those players the respect that they deserve. You know, whether it's Kelsey or last week's Stephon Diggs, they're great players. Great players, you, you know, they help you win these big games. Last week, you know, uh, Stephon had four catches for 35 yards. He didn't do enough to help his team. Uh, because he was bracketed, he was doubled, he was targeted 10 times, and there was probably five or six other times that Josh wanted to go to him, but the double teams took him away. He had to go someplace else. Uh, and the same thing, you know, week 13, I mean, you know, uh, Kelsey had four catches, you know, six targets, very no touchdowns. You know, we just saw, you know, Kelsey catch two touchdown passes last week against Jacksonville. They didn't have an answer for him. Um, they kept, kept him a lot of short throws, but still 14 catches, half of those were first downs. Like, that's not going to sit well with Lou on a rumo. It's just not. Like, but so, how do you bracket a guy in an offense that relies so much on pre-snap movement? Well, how do you get the bracket that's on That's the him? trick. That's the trick. I mean, the idea of the moving Kelsey every play, and he moves every play, is so that you can't set your double teams. Yet, somehow, because of the way Cincinnati communicates and the way that they position their defense, they almost always have two guys on them. Now, there's going to be times when he's just going to shake loose and he's going to win. He's a great player. He expects double teams. It's like a great pass rusher. They expect to be double teamed. So, you know, Kelsey expects it. He anticipates it. So does Mahomes. There's always the play after the play. Maybe Mahomes can't get there now because of his condition. But they're going to keep still moving around. I, I just saw a lot of brackets, you know, between safety and linebacker, corner. You know, Mike Hilton, safety. Like, they're in communication every play. You can see him talking yeah. before the snap. I won't hold you to a score. I won't even ask you for a score or even necessarily a winner, but I want you to finish this sentence for this game, the AFC game. The third seeded Bengals in Arrowhead to take on the top seeded Kansas City Chiefs. Brian Baldinger, I wouldn't be surprised if. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow is sacked five times or even more and still wins the game.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, Brian Baldinger, giving us a viewer's guide to Championship Sunday. He has gone in depth on the AFC side of the bracket. We turn now to the NFC side of the bracket. But before we do, we interrupt this podcast to bring you quarterback analysis of the Hall of Fame variety. Kurt Warner on Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and for starters, the undrafted Warner talks the barely drafted Brock Purdy, Kurt Warner, the mic is yours. All right, Kurt Warner's QB spotlight shining bright on young Brock Purdy, our gold jacket-wearing QB back with us. I'm not calling the screenwriters immediately, Kurt. There's still a lot to be seen here. But, <laughs> yes, there are parallels between you and Brock Purdy and sort of the coming-up story here. But what has impressed you about the way Brock Purdy has played? Well, MJ, if he finishes this thing off with a Super Bowl championship, I promise you the people in L.A. are going to be calling right away to, to, to want to buy that script Uh, You know, what's impressed me the most about Brock Purdy is that he hasn't tried to do too much. He hasn't tried to be something that he's not. He understands the situation that he's in. He understands that he doesn't have to make every single throw. Be smart with the football. Understand the playmakers around you. And then understand the defense you have on the other side, that it's okay to punt. And when you watch him, he doesn't make those big mistakes. You know, there's times, especially last week against Dallas, that I thought there were more plays to be had by Brock Purdy. But it's okay. What he understands is, hey, I... I don't have to make every one of those plays. Make the plays that are in front of me. Trust your eyes and then allow the rest of your team to do what they do so well. And that, to me, has been the formula for them to win 11 straight. He has been very steady, Kurt. But I do think at some point this Sunday, we will see a moment where it might be on Brock Purdy's shoulders. All right, a guy who's not afraid to do that, Jalen Hurts. That's what I want to start with here as we go into the other quarterbacks and what you need to see from them on Championship Sunday. Hurts, not one to shy away from putting it on his back. Well, MJ, when it comes to Jalen Hurts against his 49ers defense, I love the chess match that's going to play out here. And a big part of it, if you're the 49ers, is you say, I want to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket. 
I want him to show us that he can beat us playing more conventional football because what we know is that when he gets out on the edge, when they get into the RPO game, when they get into the empty sets and he becomes a part of their run game, Man, he is a difference maker. So we've got to figure out a way to apply pressure to keep him in the pocket and force him to have to pick us apart as a conventional passing quarterback. Now let's head over to the AFC side. And obviously a lot has been made about the new Joe Cool and in Joe Burrow. And to me, this is going to stem to two things. It's going to be about Chris Jones, Frank Clark and company. Can they take advantage of the offensive line issues that Cincinnati has had? Buffalo wasn't able to do it last week. Can they create constant pressure on Joe Burrow? And then the back end, can they confuse Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow is the best in the National Football League right now at deciphering what a defense is doing and getting the ball out on time. That'll be something to keep your eye on. And then, of course, we all know the big question with Patrick Mahomes. When you go and watch the matchups between the Bengals defense and Patrick Mahomes over these last three games, one thing that jumps out at you is a lot of the time Patrick Mahomes has to buy time with his legs. He's got to create extra time and ad lib to create some of those big plays and specifically to throw touchdown passes in the red zone. How limited is he going to be in that capacity? Because there's not a lot that are just popping open for big plays for this Chiefs team against what the Bengals do against them. So that is obviously the thing that we're all going to pay attention to. Okay, next topic, the next game. NFC two seed, the 49ers. Take on the NFC top seed, the Philadelphia Eagles, a team you know very well, Brian Baldinger. Now, Kurt just talked about Brock Purdy. You have a take on him that I want you to expand upon, that he is able to consistently find the non-primary receiver. How is he able to go through his progression so well so soon? They have a a part of um, elaborate IQ test that has to do with spatial relations. They show you a picture, they take the picture away, and you then redraw where everything is. Like, I feel like Brock Purdy, if he was taking that part of the IQ test, would, would uh, crush it. Like, he would, he would, because I feel like he knows, and, and I remember Steve Young talk one time when he was being coached by Bill Walsh, that uh, he could sit in a room, close his eyes, and they would have the whole game plan in a circular room. And he could look at any given play and know where every close his eyes and look and actually visually see where everybody's supposed to be. And I feel like even though it's very early in the process for Brock Purdy, I feel like he knows where everybody is. You know, in in the week in, in the playoff game against Seattle, he threw two touchdown passes to McCaffrey and to Eli Mitchell, and neither one of them were the primary. His whole focus was the other side of the field. Yet he came back quickly to the other side of the field so fast and found the open guy. And then you look last week at George Kittle with the, you know, the, the famous one-handed catch yeah, down in the middle yeah. of the field. Like he was looking at Ayuk and he was looking at Debo on the, on the left side. That's where the play is supposed to go. Those are the primary one and two receivers. And the Cowboys were all over. They took them both away, and yet he still reset his feet. His eyes went to George. And George was just a safety valve, and he found him in the middle of the field. Going to roll Purdy the opposite way, going left. Purdy time, going to throw back right, and it is juggled. And George Kittle makes the catch to midfield. What a catch by George Kittle on the throwback there from Brock Purdy. Third and 16, he finds Brandon Ayuk for, I believe it was 17 or 18 yards in the end. 17 yards in the end. You talked about his mechanics on that throw. Tell me about this. Well, the mechanics are, like, literally, he... He took three steps, his back foot hit, what we call a hitch step, 
and he just threw it to a spot. Purdy out of the shotgun on third down, get a drop back. Parsons held off by Williams for a wide open IU. Right at the yard to gain. First down, 49ers. He's got it. He's got it at the five-yard line. Brandon IU on a third down and long picks up 17 yards. What a great job by Brock Purdy stepping up in the pocket. And when you watch him throw it, it, it you know, it might as well be Brooks Robinson from third base making a throw to first base. Just a base. natural. Just a natural thrower. Just good at throwing a ball. Any ball. Like, you know, if you wanted to, I don't know, th- uh, go to cricket. You know, if he had to throw a cricket, you know, I mean, I feel like he could just, because of his footwork and his weight and his weight transfer. And I remember one day being at the, uh, at the combine, Kurt Warner was watching all the quarterbacks. And that's what he was looking at. He's like, this guy is not, he, he's, he doesn't throw with his legs, Paul. He's just throwing with his torque, his upper body. He goes, you always have to be in a position to throw the ball. Because you don't know if Aaron Donald is going to be right in your face, you know, one second into the play. So you have to be ready to throw. And I feel like Brock Purdy always has his feet set. Drew Brees was like this. Brady's like this. The great ones are ready to throw. They they don't rely on superhuman arm strength or torque the way Aaron Rodgers can. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't mechanically perfect either. But I'm, I'm saying like Brock Purdy, when he made that throw to Ayuk, that's mechanically, to me, that looked like a perfect mechanic. So Brock Purdy is always ready to throw. The question remains, will he be ready to face the second-ranked defense in the NFL, the best defense he will have faced in his short career? He hasn't lost yet, but now he's going to be facing a sterner challenge than he has ever seen. How does he keep his playoff success going? Is there a trick? Is there a secret? What's the, what's the game plan well, for I you? feel like this game plan is going to be different than every other game plan Interesting. Because I think the Eagles are a big five defensive lineman team. Only team in the NFL that really does that. They, 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 they do it to stop the run for sure, but it also gets their pass rushers on the field. So when you look at, you know, whether it's Hassan Reddick or Josh Sweat or Javon Hargrave or Brandon Graham, I mean, all of them have 10-plus sacks. Like, we've never seen that in the NFL before. That helped them get to 70. So, you know, and then they have a, nose, a pure nose tackle to really take care of. So on any given play, you've got five one-on-ones. So if anybody breaks down, you know, if Aaron Banks breaks down against Javon Hargrave, he's going to have pressure in his face right away. Like, he hasn't seen a front like this. So Kyle knows this, Kyle Shanahan, and, you know, uh, all the guys over there, Brian Greasy, all the guys helping out, uh, they all know this. So they're like, okay, you know, I, I saw a play last week where the Giants said, okay, we're going to chip Saquon Barkley on Hassan Reddick. Okay, on paper, that looks really good. Except as soon as Hassan saw it, he came on a twist stunt and came up the middle and sacked Daniel Jones. Right. And Saquon was literally just watching the yeah. whole play. Yeah. Jones is well protected, but the coverage is tight and he's drilled. Reddick got there again. So they've got the counter to the counter. So does Kyle have the counter to the counter? Because certain methods that you use against some teams to help against Hassan Reddick or Josh Sweat or double inside on Hargrave, like, all right, the Eagles have seen all of them. They're going to counter that. And these players are smart enough to, like, figure out. And they have that type of freedom. So that's part of it. And then behind you, you have some great secondary people. Chauncey okay, Gardner. so he's going to face an upfront challenge, the likes of which he hasn't seen before. And now he faces a secondary that's probably unique in terms of the challenge that he will face there as well. Please go ahead with what you were saying, but I want to make sure that in your explanation here, you talk to me not about the skill set, but about the mindset of one Darius Slay. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Darius Slay is, you know, he's the ultimate thief. Um, he lives for interceptions. <laughs> you know, he wants to put, you know, he wants to put the, the scalp, you know, I mean, not, not, not to get carried away, but I mean, he wants to put the helmet on his victory stand of yeah. interceptions. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Like he wants, 
like, you know, his mindset is no rookie quarterback is beating us. <laughs> right. That's how he thinks. Right. And, and that's how James Bradbury thinks, and that's how Fletcher Cox. I mean, these guys, they think, okay, that's a rookie. I don't care that he's 7-0 and as a starter, whatever. Like, and and there, it's not lack of respect. It's just that you're a rookie, and I've been in this league for eight or nine years. Like, you're not beating me today. I, you were about to name check Chauncey. Let me, I didn't want to take that from you. Talk to me about him well. As well, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I mean, that was a midseason trade early early season trade, and I don't know how the Saints let him get away. This guy is uh, he is an aggressive tackler. He was tied for the league lead in interceptions before his injury uh, and still at the finish of the season with six interceptions. Like his ball skills, uh, he blitzed on the play last week where James Bradbury intercepted Daniel Jones and the, the, the blitz affected Daniel Jones, and, you know, like he came like a bat out of hell. So uh, he has uh, – he, he could play down low uh, in the box. Malcolm Jenkins taught him how to tackle when he was in New Orleans. He could play in the back end. He's got ball skills. He can line up and, and match up with slot receivers. I mean, he's, he's a unique player. There is a fire in your eye. There is a twinkle that is a light in your face talking about this Eagles team. Before I get you to answer the question or to finish the sentence, I wouldn't be surprised if for this game, a quick word on Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. That's the best linebacker duo in the league. Why is that? I, I think they're the best duo. You know, first of all, Dre Greenlaw led the 49ers in solo tackles. All right, a lot of people just assume Fred yeah, Warner. Yeah, I would t- have guessed Fred Warner. All right, so Dre, uh, the, together, first of all, they play at a very fast speed. You always talk about football speed, okay? You can go to the 40-yard dash. It's, it's not game day. They, they move. They play, five, they play deep. They play five and a half, six yards off the ball. And they, their recognition is as fast as their feet. So their eyes and what they see, there's an old saying about linebackers, like, slow till you know. So they, they literally sometimes won't even move their feet until they know. But when they know, it's, it's just, you know, it's, they just hit the gas pedal and they fly. Prescott throws, almost intercepted by Dre Greenlaw. He jumped in front of the tight end, Dalton Schultz, and would have had a pick six to end it. They refuse to be blocked. They take the right angles. And I think the thing that separates them is they're just play-to-play intensity and how ready they are every play. It never, ever, it doesn't matter what the score is, they never, ever take a playoff. Throws out left, ball got tipped up and taken by Fred Warner. Pick City, baby! Jalen Hurts has a way of making it seem like he is never concerned about anything. How concerned should he be about them? Well, look, they should be concerned about him, too. I mean, it's, it's, it's vice versa. Like, the one thing, the one great thing about Jalen is... He loves the challenge yeah, of does. everything. Yeah, he does. Like he's built for the challenge. And so everything about him is preparation. They have seen Justin Fields this year, first week of the season. They lost to Justin Fields and the Bears that day in a monsoon. Yeah, it was a monsoon. It was it? week one. I mean, it was, you know, it was another lifetime ago. But, you know, Jalen Hurts presents his share of problems. He's going to score, Jalen Hurts. He's healthy. This is a quarterback run all the way. With the way that he can run. But he also hasn't seen the speed that Hufanga, Al-Shahir, uh, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warren have, you know, at that linebacker spot. So where the, he had big alleys to run through, like, I don't think he's going to see big alleys. Finish the sentence for this game. Niners, the two seed. Eagles, the top seed in the NFC. Brian Baldinger, I wouldn't be surprised if. I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Purdy outplays Jalen Hurts in this game. Wow. And they win. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers win. Like, I, I, I expect the home team to win, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if Brock Purdy plays well because everybody's waited for the shoe to drop on this kid and it hasn't come close to it. 
maybe the Eagles are the challenge that he, he hasn't seen yet, and maybe they deliver that. But it won't surprise me if he if the, him and the 49ers go in and win this game. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Brian Baldinger. One minute and one question to go. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the MVP. The short list, the final five candidates for the most valuable player of the regular season. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and potentially a surprise, but I'm glad that he got the recognition, Justin Jefferson. Baldy, why is this setting up, especially this week, for Joe Burrow to win the MVP? Well, I think, you know, look, I don't know when they vote, honestly. I don't know if it's a regular season vote. It's supposed to be just the regular season. Okay, But but it's kind of like having somebody on the stand say, you're damn right I did. And then the judge saying, (laughs) ignore that testimony, (laughs) uh, jury. It's very difficult to do. Yeah, well, I think you should admit you know, all of the evidence. And the evidence is the postseason. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, our Kurt Warner would say, like, look, some players and quarterbacks especially, they just don't have big game genes. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow, it defines what big game genes are. So, like, if Joe Burrow goes into Kansas City and he's on his way to a second straight Super Bowl and he's engineering wins in Buffalo and goes to Kansas City and they do it again, like, how can you not give the MVP award to Joe Burrow? But what if on the other side, Jalen Hurts goes and uh, just puts a beat down uh, on the Niners? Mm. Couldn't you make the same argument there? Yes, you can. You know, there's no question. Are those the top two candidates for you at this point? Is it Hurts and Burrow or does Mahomes? Because Mahomes has been called the presumptive MVP for weeks now. Yeah, I don't know what, you know, like if people vote on the presumption. But the, you know, if Mahomes wins on one and a half legs. Yeah. And he plays great, error-free. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard not to give it to Mahomes. Brian Baldinger, thank you so much for your time. You are amazing, my friend. I become a smarter football fan. My football IQ goes up every time I'm near you. Thank you so much for making the time for us, as you so often do. Tomorrow, listener, you can't put respect on somebody's name until you know their names. We are name-checking some guys that you may not even know, but you should know, because they may just determine who wins on Championship Sunday. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 